Hello, and welcome to an all-new episode of No Guilty Pleasures, a pop culture podcast. I'm your host, little-known cartoonist Ken Holtzhauser. I came to an epiphany years ago that there's no such thing as a guilty pleasure. I know there are movies, television programs, and music that are seen as guilty pleasures, junk food for the mind, but there's enough negativity in this world without feeling embarrassed at our own entertainment. It was made to be enjoyed, so enjoy it. Today we're going to look at a sort of overlooked film. I don't want to say it's an overlooked classic or a lost classic or anything like that, but I will say it's a much better movie than it gets any credit for being. It's actually much smarter, uh, much more subversive than you might think on first blush, and it's absolutely entertaining. So without further ado, I'm going to present from 2001, Josie and the Pussycats. of a lifetime. We'd love for you to sign with Mega Records. How am I going to pull this off? I'm a girl from Riverdale. I'm not a rock star. You gotta believe in yourself. Things are finally going their way. But between the mania... Is that just... may be the toughest gig they've ever played. Have you noticed that everything has sort of become all about Josie? Josie. 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 One, two, three. Spin around. I made you a rock star. Tell me you don't love that. Forget it. You know, I never liked you. No matter what happens, we will always be friends first. 
Ah, there it is. If you're like my generation, basically, uh, you are very familiar with Josie and the Pussycats. Having grown up with their appearances in the Archie Comics series themselves, or the early 70s Josie and the Pussycats cartoon series that Hanna-Barbera did. That particular series, uh, and the comics for that matter, followed the adventures of a trio rock band of ladies, Josie and the Pussycats, and their managers and their possible boyfriend, Rhodey, and uh, a lot of hijinks and Scooby-Doo-esque running around, uh, accompanied with a pop soundtrack. The, uh, the cartoon ran for a couple of seasons, and Josie and the Pussycats themselves have been a mainstay of Archie Comics to this day. In fact, they even appear in the television series Riverdale. In 2001, the people who gave us Can't Hardly Wait decided it was time for Josie and the Pussycats to make their way to the big screen. And there was a, there was a, I don't know if uh, uh, support would be the right way to put it, but there was a lot of interest. Uh, there were a lot of interesting people actually reading for it. I had heard that Aaliyah and Left Eye Lopez and Beyonce Knowles all had read for this series, and... Um, it ended up becoming Rachel Lee Cook, Rosario Dawson, and Tara Reed as the Pussycats. Josie and the Pussycats are a trio of wannabe rock stars playing in bowling alleys all over Riverdale and dreaming of stardom. Where the film comes in is two nefarious uh, record company moguls are using popular acts to put subliminal messaging into music music videos and uh, downloads and so having dispatched of a boy band at the beginning of the movie named DuJour who are frankly a very wicked parody of a boy band uh, then it is up to Alan Cumming uh, camping all over the screen uh, to find a suitable replacement band with teenage appeal where he finds Josie and the Pussycats and gives them everything but at what price the the main villain of the movie is played by Parker Posey and Parker Posey is one of those actresses that is um well she's like um she's like a really strong spice that if you add the right amount to uh the dish that you are creating it makes it exotic and and flavorful and fun and too much of it overpowers everything uh, mm, I, I would like to say that she kind of overpowers everybody else in the movie and I think that that's fair she and Alan Cumming both are um, I'd mentioned camping earlier the two of them are gleefully running super villain rings around everybody else in the movie who are performing in a much more earnest movie than the two of them are the the pussycats themselves are are very likable you get the usual um vh1 behind the music-esque uh development within them of one of the band becoming more famous than the others and leading to heartbreak and you know, it's it seems like it's by the numbers but it's actually it's a lot of fun part of what makes it fun is the music itself as I said, this is 2001, so you would be forgiven for this movie having a very slick Britney Spears slash Mandy Moore slash Christina Aguilera-esque 
soundtrack to it. It would be it would be reasonable to understand. Instead, the filmmakers wanted to emulate the band Blink-182, so they brought in Letters to Cleo, and they do a very interesting uh, power trio rock and roll. And the songs, I think the songs are great. Um, Letters to Cleo, performing them, uh, I believe it's Adam Schlesinger from uh, Fountains of Wayne, a personal favorite band of mine that has writing some of the songs and then if i'm not mistaken i think babyface even produces a few of the tracks so the music itself is very good and the, there's about two du jour songs in it that are wickedly funny they're basically a finger in the eye of the backstreet boys but it's very funny uh i i like this movie a great deal i'm not sure quite what happened with it i know that this was a 39 million dollar movie that absolutely bombed when it hit theaters. I think its overall take was like 14 million. So whether it was just poorly marketed, whether the idea of making a Josie and the Pussycats movie was just wrong-headed, I don't know. But I will tell you that the movie is actually a, a lot of subversive fun. One of the things that I think may turn people off from the movie is actually one of the more subversive elements of it, which is there's something like 78 different product placements throughout this movie. And it's not, oh, everybody's drinking Pepsi kind of product placement. I mean, it is in your face, uh, super giant close-ups of corporate logos kind of product placement. And that's sort of reinforcing the idea of the movie in the film our evil villains are using subliminal advertising to push empty-headed teenagers into buying product. Now, there's something kind of funny about the fact that everything from pizza to shoes to bounce laundry sheets are also subversively popping up throughout the movie to make themselves product placements for empty-headed teenagers throughout this film. It's um, it's actually yeah it's it's funnier than you might think it's uh, I think that uh, the performances are interesting. This is probably the first time I remember seeing Rosario Dawson in a film, and obviously she has since gone on to a very interesting and textured career. Um, Tara Reid is just about at the end of her uh, teen notoriety, certainly, but uh, she turns in actually a very cute performance in this movie and. It's it's worth your time. I think that if you want to see a movie where um, young girl heroes stand up for themselves, support themselves, dream of uh, a goal and then achieve it, I think you're you'd you're better off with this film than a lot of the more recent movies that have been made that under the guise of empowerment. I think. This is a funny movie. I think it's it's charming. Uh, the songs in it are great, and I think it's worth your time. I I think this movie deserves a revisit. Uh, I've got two young daughters, and they both really like this movie. So it does speak multi generationally. It's not just a uh, not just a oh I remember the cartoon series. Although there are a few not terribly subtle winks and nods to the cartoon and the comic in the film. A lot of fourth wall breaking in that regard. But um, you you can get past it and you can enjoy it nonetheless. So it is readily available on DVD. It's not an expensive movie by any means if you go looking for it. I'm sure it's on streaming services somewhere too. Uh, it's probably clogging up the back aisles of somebody's video store shelves. So 
give it a chance. Check it out. I think that you could do a lot worse for your uh, weekend entertainment than Josie and the Pussycats. But that's just my opinion. We'll be back next week with another episode of No Guilty Pleasures, a pop culture podcast. Looking for something new and exciting in comics? Perhaps that other dynamic duo, The Quick and the Dad. It's a love letter to the DC, Marvel, Archie, and Harvey comics of my youth. Available now in print and digital from IndiePlanet.com. Within the pages of The Quick and the Dad, you will find supervillains, dad jokes, strange, exciting worlds, really goofy supervillains, and bad puns. I promise. Each issue will delight and confound you in equal measure, and it's available now in print and digital from IndiePlanet.com.